Hello, and welcome to the Learn to Mediate Online podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and I'm one of the leading experts in online mediation. I have personally been mediating online for over five years now, and I have my own fully online family law mediation and coaching practice. Two years ago, after so many of my colleagues reached out wanting to know how I was doing it, I created the Learn to Mediate Online training program. And to date, I have personally trained thousands of mediators in how to successfully conduct their mediations through an online platform. As a leading figure in the online mediation movement, I am privileged to be on the cutting edge of developments and advances in online practice. And this podcast has been created to share that information with you. So tune in each week to get the inside story on how to mediate online. I invite you to now listen to today's podcast. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today we're here for the final part, part four of this special four-part series on digital marketing for dispute resolution professionals. And again, I just want to thank so many of you who have reached out saying that you're finding this to be helpful. Um, One of the things that I realized uh, back a few years ago when I got on the, you know, let's call it the hamster wheel of marketing is that it's not easy to understand. It's not anything that we've ever learned at any point in our lives, probably before if we're dispute resolution professionals. And it is the way of the world that we live in. We're in a digital world. Digital marketing is a way for us to find new clients, to find new people to help resolve their conflicts. So first off, if you have not watched parts one, two, and three, I do highly recommend you go back and watch them in order because I've very specifically sort of taken you on a journey. Um, So the building blocks of part one are then continued in part two and then in part three. Part one focused on branding, creating your brand, and it takes you through some exercises that you can use to help you really do a deep dive into what it is you have to offer and what exemplifies your brand. You then take that forward into part two, where you're going to do a marketing strategy, where you create your strategy of how you are going to take your brand out there to the people who are looking for you. Um, And that has a nice exercise in it. You're gonna create some personas that are gonna help you identify your target markets. Then in part three, we moved into actually implementing those you know branding and strategies taking your branding and putting it out there with strategies by using various marketing techniques digital marketing techniques we focused on SEO search engine optimization in part three. And now we're going to move on into part four, which is the rest of the techniques. Now, these are focusing very specifically on digital techniques, digital marketing techniques. There are a myriad of 
options out there, but I'm sort of focusing on the ones that are easiest for us as professionals to get to, hopefully can take the least effort, and some that I'm hoping you're gonna have a little fun with. So I'm gonna go ahead and share my screen. For those of you who are watching on the YouTube channel, you'll see the slideshow. Don't worry if you are listening on the podcast. Um, I am going to describe everything. It just helps me as I'm talking through all of this to have a little bit of a guide. And for those of you who would like to watch it, it um, gives you something to be looking at. Now, I will in the show notes have available to you um, the slides as a printout. So go ahead and go to that. I also have another helpful printout for you, um, downloadable, of all of the main major social media platforms and sort of their, uh, what their, you know, best, how many followers they have, uh, who they are best targeted to so that you can take a look at that as well. So you'll see all that in the show notes. Highly recommend you go look at that. So here we go. We're going to share my screen and let's get started with digital marketing techniques continued. Um, So from what we were talking about in doing your keyword research in the last set part three. Now we're gonna talk a little bit about how to use that keyword research. And the best way to do this, remembering that your website is all important in the digital world, right? I still hear from people who don't have websites and I have to say, well then how, will people find you? When someone recommends something to you, isn't your phone usually the first thing you t- you pick up to put that, that name or that business into your search so that you can find out more information? If there's no website for people to go to where you're curating the content, you're missing a major opportunity. But To further that, we've been talking about SEO. So this is with search engine optimization. You've gone and checked and gotten all of your keywords pulled together. You now know, based on part three, what the critical keywords are for you to have on your website so that it's going to move up that chain uh, during for search engines like Google, Bing, et cetera. So Now you're gonna wanna do a deep dive into your website. Pull up your your landing page and then take a look at each page. You're gonna want to look at what, how SEO friendly your website is. And this is where you'll implement that content. You want to work those keywords into on every page, not just your landing page, although that's obviously of importance, but every single page you wanna work your keywords into your titles into your descriptions, headings, into content. I I mentioned in one of the previous um, episodes of this series that COVID obviously has been a, a hot topic. Whatever the hot topic of the moment is, is a great thing to do as a blog article or something of that nature, have social media posts that go on your website about it because it's a hot topic. So those keywords may not be pertinent solely to your industry, but they're hot topics of the moment. So you're going to have that. So content based on on keywords can be important. Image titles and alt text. Here are two places when you are uploading images to your website where people fail to put anything in, let alone keyword 
um, keywords that are going to help people find you. It can be very effective to, in your image title, have some of your keywords. And certainly the alt text, I think GoDaddy allows up to 120 characters in the alt text, which is intended to make your website more accessible for those who are visually impaired. Um, but you can also work Google words, um, work keywords into that. And then you in your URL, everybody, when they are setting up their website, sets up a website that, and I did this, it was Guthrie Family Law. That was my first website um, that was my own. It was when I had my own law firm and it was Guthrie Family Law. Well, people may search for family law as a search term if they're looking to get a divorce, but what's the number one word do you think they probably are looking for if they're thinking about getting a divorce? We talked about this in some of my other uh, parts, but yeah, divorce. Divorce is the word they look for. So it should come as no surprise that my, my you know, up-to-date URL is divorceinabetterway.com. That's what people are looking for. For mediation and learning to mediate and learning online, learn to mediate online.com. Uh, mediate online, two words that are keywords for what I do. I'm just telling you those as an example. But you're going to want to do a website SEO audit, look through, figure out how SEO friendly your website is, and start tweaking it. And this isn't something you do once and let it go. Because as we talked about, that the um, keywords are going to change and new keywords are going to come up at times. So you're definitely going to want to continue to do this on an ongoing basis, especially if you're finding that certain keywords are working well for you. Get them in there. Now, I do want to say one thing when it comes to this um, tweaking, though. Do not stuff your website. They call it keyword stuffing. Don't stuff your website or manipulate your website too broadly to get your keywords in there. When you start inserting them just to have them on your website and they're not organically making sense where they are, that is actually something they can now tell with the algorithms and it's going to hurt you more than it helps you. Um, stuffing used to help. If you could get divorce, 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 divorce on there, uh, that was helpful. But if it's, you know, divorce and it's put in places where it doesn't fit, it doesn't work, it doesn't make sense, it could now hurt you. So don't stuff your website with keywords. You are also going to want to assess your website for it, the user experience, right? A, a, people have websites, I, I do this all the time. I, I talk about um, doing digital marketing, about um, reaching out to the world in a more um, digital fashion to find clients all the time. And one of the questions when I'm talking about having a helpful website, a website that is helping you, um, I always ask people, you know, who has current content um, from the past month or so? And very often, it's, it's maybe one or two raised hands, but most of the time when I go back in time and I start saying, well, how about a, you know, six months ago? How about a year ago? I've had people who haven't updated their website since the day they went live. And that really is not suiting you well or doing you a good job. The I, job of your website is to show you off. It is your 
biggest and best advertisement beyond yourself, but for who you are and what you do for people. So make sure that it's showing you off properly. And you always, going back to parts one and part two, you always want to be checking your analytics. Websites have analytics. You can go into the back end. I know from GoDaddy, I can get a fairly robust picture of where people are coming from, where they're clicking from, what they're doing on my website, how, what pages they're visiting, and how long they're there. You know, So be thinking about that. Are people actually coming and visiting your website? That would be a key that your SEO is working. Um, what are they looking at when they're there? And are they, end result, actually reaching out to hire you? Because you can have people coming and people looking, but if they're not hiring you, something's missing. Red flags I'd like you to look out for are what we call a high bounce rate. People just click on your page and then bounce away. They go to something else. So there was something about the page they landed on that did not draw them in at all. Clearly that needs to be tweaked. And when they are come in and they're only in your website or on your website for a short time, in fact, 30 seconds is, is usually sort of the, the threshold. If they're not spending more than 30 seconds on your website, it doesn't matter that they click there. They didn't They didn't take anything in. So you might need to be updating, upgrading, making your website more interesting. So those are all things to be looking for on your website user experience. So top tips for your website. Regularly, please God, regularly update your content. Out of date content, we're, I'm speaking at a seminar on April 20th, 2020, should not be on your website anymore. Um, if you're speaking on April 20th, 2021, and I'm taping this before then, yes, that should be there. Make sure you have easy calls to action. Make sure you're making it clear on your website, on your web pages, what you want them to do. Reach out to you, make an appointment with you. Um, get more information about you, give you a call, think about what you want them to do and then make it easy for them. Don't just put it on one page, put it at the bottom of every page, put a contact if what you want them to do is to reach out to you, if you want them to send you an email. Check your website function and speed. So this is something, as our websites get older, they can get clunkier because we start shoving more and more information in there. And we don't take down old information. We don't streamline things. We add more websites. And it can slow our website down. So it may be time to downsize your website. You may also just want to be checking on its function and speed. Make sure links are clicking through. Make sure that things are actually working. I went on my own website just yesterday and was clicking on something that would take you to one of my um, on-demand programs and it didn't take you to the program. Um, so who knows how many people will actually, I can go into the back end and look, but you know, people clicked on that and weren't taken where I wanted them and I lost that opportunity to help them, to, to, to have them access my um, downloadable programs. You can make scheduling and payment easy 
on your website by adding buttons for them. I have both on most of my websites. I have a number of websites because I do different things, but you can have a PayPal button so that clients can go right there and pay your bill. And you can have scheduling buttons. I use personally Calendly um, and you can do, you know, book an appointment with Susan and someone can go right into my calendar on days and times that I preset, so it's not like my calendar at large and it's not my personal calendar, but I can say on Tuesdays, I'm going to meet with um, free consults. I'm gonna do 30 minute free consults in the morning and people can book them. Very effective in converting. That's a great call to action. One that's really effective is where you combine payment and scheduling. So I have, I do legal coaching uh, for with clients and strategy coaching with clients and they can, or I do consulting with professionals like us who are trying to transition to an online practice or who are looking to up their marketing. You can go right on the website and actually just click on book an hour with Susan. It will take you to payment for that hour and then take you to the calendar so that when the client shows up, they've already paid, they've already scheduled it at their convenience. It's already gone into their calendar. They've already been auto-generated a Zoom link and I meet with them. It's easy for them. Clients love that. Um, it's Some of the best calls to actions are when you can make it super easy for people. Make sure that your website is optimized for phones or for iOS devices or for, you know, for um, smartphones. Um, these days, as we all probably know, most searching is done on phones. So you need to make sure that your website is optimized. There is nothing worse than a website that does not translate well to a, a phone. Um, as I've mentioned before, GoDaddy does that automatically for you in their website builder. It's one of the features and one of the reasons why I like it so much. And then my last tip for the website is KISS. Keep it super simple. Um, I think that actually stands for keep it um, simple stupid, but I used that phrase once and someone got upset in one of my webinars. So I now use keep it super simple. Websites, you know, you want to have the information on there. You want some bells and whistles and some interactivity, but too much is too much. And you really want to be able to have people hone in on what is important. Um, and again, something about our websites as time goes on is they tend to get leggy and it's important to sort of draw that in. Now, here are some options if you have a budget for digital marketing. And I know most of us don't. I'm not going to spend a huge amount of time on this because I really enjoy helping people market, digitally market in ways that don't cost them a lot of money. It may cost you some time, um, but if you have a budget or would like to try these options, there are three paid options that are featured here. The first is paid search ads. Those are the things you've heard like Google AdWords, Yahoo ads, Bing ads, LinkedIn now has them. And so that when people go do a search, say for divorce attorney, um, and they're in my area, if I'm a paid Google AdWords um, and I have an ad, I'm going to show up. You know how when you get to the page with the search results, the first three or five are paid ads. They say ad, ad before them. That is a Google AdWord and all of the search engines have them. Um, they cost varying amounts. They can be 
very effective. I will tell you, when I opened uh, six years ago, I opened Connecticut Family Law Online to provide unbundled legal services to people in Connecticut. And I ran a Google AdWords ad where I would show up um, for divorce attorney Connecticut. Those were the keywords I was going after. And uh, within the first day, I had booked three clients. Um, I got a great deal of outreach from that. Now that was six years ago. Um, I no longer and have not in years paid for ads myself, uh, but they can be an effective way, especially if you're getting started. But don't do it until you have a good sense of your keywords because they are critically important if you're using the paid search ads, they're searching for certain words. You're paying to be showing up for certain keywords. And that's and the, the bigger the keyword, the more expensive the ad's gonna be. Display advertising is another possibility. And this can also be a little pricey. Uh, but the most common is where you show up on a banner on a website or on a, you know, a Google search page or a Google website or something like that. Um, the Google Display Network is the most common one that people are using. You can, one Google Display Network um, banner can reach over 2 million people. So it can be very effective if you're able to target. Uh, also, flip of it, because you're reaching so many people, it can be expensive. But it is something that some people have found to be very effective. And then we'll talk further on about social media, but there is sponsored social media posting. Um, and this is really if you already have a good audience on a social media site, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and you are... Uh, wanting to sort of grow that audience. You already know what's working with those who are following you. So you would take one of your better um, posts, something that has already garnered uh, a positive response, and you'd pay to have it pushed out there. Again, using particular keywords, sort of highlighting a certain audience. Um, you're going to want to focus on the social media platform where your audience is. So go back to those, those buyer personas that you created as part of your, so your digital marketing strategy in part two and focus on the social media sites that are going to reach those people. One of the things that I have for you is if you go to the show notes, there will be a link there to a downloadable list of the top uh, social media sites, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and I think that's it. There may be another one in there, uh, but go look at that. It's going to tell you how many followers or how many people it, it, their reach is, how many members they have. Um, who their main users are. And that will give you some of the demographics. It's young people, it's older people, it's baby boomers, it's people in this age group, um, professionals, non-professionals, kids, you know, that type of information. Um, so as you're thinking about where you want to go in social media should be a good place to start. So any of these can be a good place, but before you put money into that, to any of them, I do suggest, again, doing that entire social media branding concept as well as your strategy before you start paying any money to anyone to start putting these things out for you. 
Email marketing is incredibly effective. And I personally myself have found this um, out recently. I did not do personally a lot of email marketing. And then as I have started the Mostyn Guthrie Academy with Woody Mostyn and we are doing um, different mediation trainings and different trainings for collaborative professionals, we are sending out newsletters to our uh, both of our discrete followers, Woody's followers and my followers. And every time we send one out, our classes fill up. Um, and in fact, we've sold out every training that we've done so far and the vast majority of people are finding out about it and we see the biggest you know, rise in registrations right after we do an, an e-blast or an email. So email is a great way to start establishing and building relationships with your clientele, with your potential clients and with your, your past clients. So you can send out things that are helpful to people. So newsletters are incredibly helpful. One of the things I do with my podcasts, um, the, the divorce podcast, Divorce and Beyond, every week when that podcast goes out, an email uh, newsletter goes out to all of the people who follow the podcast, letting them know there's a new episode. Here's how you can reach it. Here are some special gifts from my guest of the week. Here are some other places where you can find some helpful things from me. Here's some other appearances that I have on other podcasts. You're trying to give them helpful information. You can do seasonal emails. You can do exclusive offers. Um, it's very, you know, people like to be in the know. So, you know, sign up for um, the my newsletter and, you know, periodically I send out, um, you know, a 10% off coupon or something. If that feels too commercial to you, just consider zero clients or only a couple of clients versus a, a large number of clients and giving them 10% off can be worth it. Um, there's also reminders. You can send out reminders to people. Don't forget we're coming into a particular season or something is happening um, or it's time to do some information and get information out there. So it's important to start building an email list. So for those of you who don't have one, probably the quickest and easiest way to have a an email list is to have a newsletter sign up on your website. Have a way that people can put in their email address and name to, in order to receive your newsletters. And in fact, many people will do this with an additional digital downloadable asset to entice people. So sign up for the newsletter and get a downloadable printout of my top five tips for having a successful divorce or my top 10 must do's if you are facing divorce or something like that. People or a video from you or something like that. You have that prominently displayed on your website. You will start to collect emails and notably from people who want to hear from you, they sign up for it and then they actually 
are following and you're starting to build that relationship and they're following information from you. So a regular outreach to them is very helpful. And once you get into, I use constant contact, there's MailChimp, uh, GoDaddy actually has a an email um, e-blast you know, platform integrated with it that you can actually use just straight through that. I had actually just started to use constant contact and really do need to change my back end to the one through GoDaddy. But it's wonderful to be able to do that kind of outreach and it's incredibly effective. And then social media. I know. I know you don't like social media, folks. Um, I hear from you all the time that it's it's maybe not that you don't like it, but that you're uncomfortable with it. Um, I get it. I was there. I learned social media um, all from my stepdaughter. Thank you, Emma. Um, it's wonderful to have a brilliant 21-year-old in the household, uh, which is how old she was when she taught me. But uh, I really learned social media myself in the past couple of years. What I can tell you is with it's a short learning curve and it's easy and it's effective. It's important. The world is on social media. I've done other episodes on the importance of social media for marketing. Um, I'm not going to go into all of that now, but I do want you to know it's free for the most part. It takes time, which is your investment, but it is easy and it is effective if you do it well. So I highly recommend looking into building a presence on a social media platform or platforms. And again, use that list, that downloadable list that there's a link to in the show notes um, so that you can um, look to the platforms and start building your your presence on the platforms where your potential clients are, because that's really what is going to be most effective. The other thing I want to note is I do have an on-demand program on the Learn to Mediate Online website that is geared toward actually walking you through how to you know get started in social media. Um, it's your ultimate guide for professionals using social media. And that can be a great um, start to getting, you know, getting your feet wet in a, a gentle way as you move forward into social uh, media. But it is incredibly easy and effective. Um, I highly recommend if you start nowhere else, start with that website and start with some social media. And then one of my favorites and something that I think as professionals we forget fairly often is our best marketing are our prior happy customers, customer advocacy marketing. It is probably one of the most effective ways to attract new clients. There's the obvious word of mouth, right? I mean, I can't tell you how many clients I've had referred from former clients who I helped through the divorce process or who I mediated uh, a divorce for. But you can do more than just rely upon them for word of mouth. You can also create digital marketing assets from their content. And how do you do that? Well, the very first thing, and we hardly ever do this as professionals, but do a survey. When you have completed services for them, ask them, I'm always trying to be better. I always want to you know, make sure I'm doing my best for you. Would you mind taking a short survey? 
I use SurveyMonkey. Um, I do it after every webinar I give, after every training program I do, after my mediations. I send that out. And from that, one of the things that you could do is write in your survey. You can ask, I think there are two critical questions uh, for our own understanding and to be able to use this. One, what what worked or what did you like or what what would you tell others about my services or how you know I handled your case for you that will and leave it open so that they can type in an answer that's usually going to give you a nice quotable quote something that you might be able to use on your website or in an e-blast or in a social media posting and ask them what you can do better because people appreciate it when you're open to constructive criticism. You can also, from your survey results, it can be fairly obvious who your potential promoters are. And why not reach out to them and thank them and say, I very much appreciate this. Perhaps offer them something if they are willing to promote you, if they are willing to, you know, just. I, I, I know um, mediators um, who, uh, you know, offer um, people who refer a, a gift or send them, you know, a, a gift after that or some sort of a discount on something or a copy of your book or if you, there's something that you can do. But identify the promoters, identify the people who had a positive experience. And if you did not get quotable quotes in your survey or you want something more, Ask them for a review. Reach out to them. Thank them for their kind words and thoughts and ask them if they wouldn't mind and point out to them that that is the best way for other for you to help other people. People need to find you. So you need to get those online reviews. Um, and in fact, there are services that you can use to go after those reviews um, and they will just post them directly to your website. Once you get those reviews, use them as I referenced just a second ago. Get them on your website. People, when they're looking and see five star, five star, five star, five star, you're, I mean, th that has an impact on people. Be sure to put it out on social media posts. A little quote here and there from um, someone, I do this all the time when I get a good review and knock on wood, thank God I get good reviews for the podcast. Um, you know, I'll put them out on a social media post. I'll put them on the website. Um, it's in, put them into the next e-blast and thank people for them. Uh, one of the things that people don't know is that the number one way for a podcast to be found is by people reading the reviews. So any of you who are listening right now who want to help me, it would be wonderful if you would leave a good review saying what you like about the show, how it's helped you, anything in the review section of whatever your podcast app of choice happens to be. And that will help the next person find it. And that's why I do it. So it's a way that we all can help each other. Um, so you do want to get those reviews out there and be always thinking about that customer advocacy marketing. Sometimes it will be, um, you can ask people if it would be all right if somebody else spoke to them uh, about what your services you provided, if that might be helpful. I've had clients offer, you know, I, I'm absolutely fine, Susan, if people know you represented me and I am fine talking to them if you ever have someone who would like to, to know more. Uh, that has been an incredibly 
useful tool for some people. So don't forget your customer advocates. They can be an incredibly strong source and they become a digital marketing source when you you use their information, their gift of positive reviews. In a, dig- in a digital platform like your website, like your social media, like your emails, etc. So my last word on digital marketing or any marketing is have fun with it. If you're looking at this like it's a big drudge fest, it is going to be a big drudge fest. And it doesn't have to be. There, as, as we've seen in the last four parts of this series, but the last two parts have been all different digital marketing uh, techniques, you don't have to do all of them. Pick the ones that are appealing to you. Focus on the ones that are working for you. Don't try and do all of it. I've talked several times about throwing that spaghetti at the wall. Do that at first, but then you're going to want to hone it down to just a couple of strands of pasta. You do not want to continually be flinging all these different choices and all these different options at that wall and have some fun with it. One of the things for me that has been wonderful about digital marketing is I never knew I had a creative aspect to me that I I liked to create things, but that I'm not good at drawing. I'm not good at drawing pictures or coloring things or doing that. But one thing that I've found that I enjoy doing is making these graphics, making social media graphics, making slides like the one that you're seeing here, being a podcaster, which is another digital marketing, by the way, avenue for people. There's a million and a myriad different ways that we can market ourselves. Pick the ones that are also fun for you. Um, Making, if 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 you're creative, if you like to write, you know, focus on the blog, focus on the the social media posts where you can really get meaty into the post itself um, and have some fun with it. So I hope that you found this special four-part series to be helpful and to make the concept of digital marketing a little marketing a little less daunting. It can be incredibly inf- effective for you. It can take your practice to the next level and you can have a little fun while you're doing it. So I hope um, that you will all come back next week. I have a special guest who's going to be here for you all next week. Um, And I hope that if you have any questions or comments on this digital marketing four-part series, please feel free. Reach out to Susan at learntomediateonline.com. I always love to hear from you all. And for anyone who is interested, I do have the social media on-demand program as well as a how to build a website using GoDaddy's website builder. Uh, There's actually a special uh, two uh, program bundle where you get the two of them for a greatly reduced price. You can find the bundle as well as the individual courses on the Learn to Mediate Online website. So thank you all so much and I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Learn to Mediate Online podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, and if you liked this episode, please give me a five-star rating on iTunes and tell me what you liked in a review. You can join me each week to hear another episode, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. 
Send me your questions and comments at susan at learntomediateonline.com. And you can find out more about my trainings and programs at learntomediateonline.com and mostonguthrie.com. I'll see you next week.